generation dwells here. And then we moving by the pack, so we moving them. And even if you don't, then you do, cause you cool with them. They be like, I only went to school with them. Let's get it. So, welcome to Color Correction, a Jesus y podcast about race from an Asian guy, a black girl, uh, and a white guy too, although. Our white guy isn't here today. No, he's in. Vermont or Colorado. Somewhere. Some, Somewhere where white guys yeah, go. <laughs> some white guy place. I'm Andrew. I'm Asian. He, him, his pronouns. And I'm Bethany. I'm black and I use she, her pronouns. So we're recording here at the end of the year and we thought it might be interesting to look back at this year, which is 2019. Mm-hmm. Think about the things that were cool, the things that were discouraging and maybe look into the future a little bit and and think about the kinds of things that we'd like to happen in terms of our work and other stuff we'll see where we go with that so the first thing we like to do is corrections or talk about stuff that we wish we had talked about in previous episodes we don't really have anything like that in in this episode but we do have some interesting feedback that we got from the past episode so we're going to move directly into a segment we like to call speak up One person wrote in to tell us that they really connected with our previous episode about purity culture and said specifically, um, I also connected with that sense of my parents didn't force me to read it, but I ingested it all this stuff because these were good Christian people. I read so many purity culture and James Dobson books and just had no discernment because I was 15. Um, So I'm glad that the listener connected with what I was saying there. I thought it was interesting that me and Chris both had the kind of similar experiences where this stuff was just in the air and we just picked it up. So uh, I thought that was cool. And I have a friend that is a faithful listener, and I really appreciate him. Um, And he kind of does this thing where he live texts me as he listens to the episodes. Uh So sometimes I just get a random text message where he's like, I can't believe you did blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is he talking about? And how does he know I did that thing? Um, But it's because he's live texting me. Um, And he had this really great um, comparison to purity culture um, and prosperity gospel. If you all aren't familiar with prosperity gospel, it was very um, popular in the 80s and 90s where a lot of... It's still popular now. Is it? Yeah. I guess I'm so far removed from it. I feel like it's kind of died down. Those pastors are still real big. They are. Um, But it's very Tammy Faye Baker. Also, shout out to Tammy Faye Baker, the God. I love her and (laughs) all of her makeup. Okay. She is like... (laughs) She does have a very distinct style. Yes. Um, But very Tammy Faye Baker and Jan and Paul Crouch, uh, rest their souls. But it was kind of this idea that if you're faithful enough and you pray enough, um, you'll get all the riches that God has for you. But it totally doesn't acknowledge the fact that like Jesus was like a poor carpenter Mm -hmm. um, and that the Bible really says nothing about having these like modern earthly riches. Um, So that's prosperity gospel. If you do what you're supposed to do with God, God will reward you with riches. And he compared purity culture to that in that if you're pure enough and you don't have sex and you wait until marriage to finally have sex, you'll have the greatest sex on earth. So it's all about this idea of like consumerism and like self-pleasure um, and self-seeking to get something from right. God. You're still trying to get something out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting comparison. That and is I a really cool comparison. It. So we figured it would be fun to kind of split this up into um, the good, the bad and the 2020. <laughs> uh, so in terms of good stuff, 
So I have a lot of thoughts on the last year. I feel like this was a really good year for me personally. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like it was a really, it was a shitty year in American politics and Mm -hmm. racism and really um, revealed a lot about where our country is going. Mm -hmm. But also there were a lot of good things that happened. Um, So for example, Centoya Brown was released from prison in August. Um, But if you're not familiar with who Centoya Brown is, um, she is a woman that was incarcerated for murdering one of her Johns um, when she was 16 years old and forced into sex work um, by a... um, a pimp that basically found her in Tennessee. Um, And she was convicted of that person's murder um, and sentenced to life in prison. Um, But after several different celebrities and there was just kind of this social media movement um, over the last two years that really talked about her story and really talked about how much of a victim that she really was and how she should not have been held accountable in such an adult way. Um, I think Kim Kardashian was one of her supporters. Uh, The governor of Tennessee, before he was, before he left office, Bill Haslam decided to grant Brown clemency, clemency, that's a difficult word. (laughs) Clemency. Clemency. Um, yeah, so uh, the Tennessee governor, Bill Haslam, um, before he left office, decided to grant Brown clemency um, due to all of the su- support and social media uh, movement that was happening. So on January 7th, 2019, he decided to commute her sentence and she was released from prison on August 7th of 2019. Um but she was released uh, with 10 years of supervised parole, but she's out. So I just think that is a really amazing thing that happened, especially to a black woman. Um, I feel like black bodies and particularly black girls are oftentimes um, criminalized for pretty normal reactions to the world around them and the things that happen to them. So that just felt like this real personal um, victory for a black girl who was now a black woman when she was released. I think she's 31 now. Mm -hmm. Um, I do remember the campaign around clemency and how, honestly, I was like, this is never going to go anywhere. I didn't think it was either. I was, Because, like, she did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's... That's not to um, take away from the fact that what she did kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. in the situation that she was in, the trauma that she's experienced, and the fear that she probably felt. Mm -hmm. Um, But to have somebody sentenced, commuted for something that they they did, Mm -hmm. to to see that grace afforded to a black woman felt really shocking. Right. Uh, I mean, it was un- really unexpected, and when it happened, it was really great news, and people were really happy about it, and that was a really cool moment last mm-hmm. summer. It was last summer, yes. Yeah, in August. Right, yeah. So that was one really cool thing. Um, I feel like I've listed random cool things, um, but speaking of black women, I feel like it's always appropriate to bring up Lizzo. Okay. Because she's a super sex-positive, body-positive um 
black woman, okay. uh, plus size black woman, who has just been doing her thing this year. Mm-hmm. Do you listen to her music? I feel like you're a music head. I've heard her music. I haven't done a deep dive. I'm, I'm aware of what she's doing in the pop culture sphere. Well, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Stay black, Little Mermaid. That's the end of the okay. episode. Yes, I'm going to get on Spotify and listen to Lizzo. I don't know. She's so good. Why haven't you listened to her? Um, what type of music do you listen to? Like white people music, like acoustic white people music. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Well, I just love Lizzo because she has just like jumped on the scene Mm -hmm. and really forced people to face their own internalized prejudices. Okay. um, About themselves and about, yeah, about themselves. So Mm -hmm. I think Lizzo is one of the first people that made me realize how tough I am on other plus size black women. Mm -hmm. Um, I listened to this podcast a couple of months ago that talked about um, how the way we look is really determined by white supremacy and white culture. And that if we use white culture as the example of true beauty or what we should look like, we will never be happy with our bodies and we will never be happy with the way that we look mm-hmm. um, because we can never we can never live up to that. We will, as like people of color, but specifically as black women, we're never going to be white. So we're always going to fail if we subscribe to that. Yeah. Um, and one of the people on the podcast pointed out that they're hypercritical of plus-sized or fat or big black women Mm. and I realized that I'm like that too interesting and that when Lizzo first came on the scene when I first started hearing her name or listening to her music I was like "Uh, her music's not that good Uh or like uh I don't know I don't really like her that much Uh and I think I was just critical of her because she's a fat black woman so the way that she has used her her music to really call out those prejudices and really make people challenge themselves. Mm -hmm. It's been really amazing this year. Like I've loved seeing how much shine she's gotten. Um, And I think Time Magazine named her the person of the year. Yeah, she had it. She had a Time Magazine cover. She had a Vogue cover. So she's been really really visible this year. Yeah. And she had a really amazing interview with Terry Gross a couple of months ago. And I wonder, in my head, Uh me and Lizzo know the same people because she's from Detroit and she Mm. grew up going to, like, Uh a big church in Detroit. Yeah. Um, And I'm like, oh, you probably know my people. So Lizzo is another uh, taste of goodness in 2019. Yeah. Well, before we leave, like, Lizzo subject, though. What do you think about the thong of the Lakers game? Oh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. It's a terrible outfit. But, like, we could make fun of that outfit and uh-huh. how trash it was without making fun of her body. Yeah. That's the thing that bothered me. I was uh-huh. like, y'all, like, she wore a t-shirt and cut out the ass to show her thong. <laughs> I <know. Like> <laughs> what I love about that whole thing is her, his, her whole attitude toward the criticism. What was her attitude? She's just like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> She's like, that's like her attitude, which is great. Yeah. Like, say what you want about the outfit or whether it's appropriate or what or not. But the fact that she can put that out there and then just like, I don't not care. care. Yeah. But yeah, that outfit was terrible. But her mm-hmm. attitude through it was mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah.
It was really good. And I felt like you could speak to all of the amazing POC superheroes that we've had over the last year. From Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which won the best animated feature at the Oscars this year, Mm -hmm. to Watchmen. um, Oh, yeah. What else did we have? There was a lot of interesting representation in 2019. I mean, the Watchmen TV show is a big one. I mean, in the beginning of the year... Sandra Oh hosted the Golden Globes. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was a big deal. And she was a great host. I mean, there's just like, there's a lot of interest. I'm hoping there's a lot of interesting stuff coming. Disney is making a Mulan movie. Oh, God. I can't uh, wait. There's going to be a Shang-Chi movie. The Eternals has an incredible, diverse cast. I'll talk a little bit later about how I feel about Kumail Nanjiani and his pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mentioned this uh, in the middle of the year. Um, suggestions that Warner was trying to get Michael B. Jordan to play Superman mm-hmm. or a version of Superman. Mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan just responded to those rumors officially and he didn't say no. Oh, really? Yeah. So he probably can't say yes yet. It, I'm hoping that's what's going on. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. Have you seen Raising Dion? No, I haven't seen it yet. It is so I know, I have to see it. good. The first two episodes mm-hmm. are boring, um, but once you get past the first two episodes, it's really good. Okay. So Raising Dion is this show starring Michael Bay Jordan um, in which... Did you just call him Michael Bay Jordan? He is Michael Bay Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the B stands for. Uh-huh. Um, but in which he's the father of this um, superhero little black boy. He looks like he's maybe six or seven. And the, the, the first season is about him learning how to control his superpowers and how it really works to um, like save his family and keep his family safe. Yeah. So it's such a good show. And I just like seeing people of color represented in Mm. these really dynamic ways yeah and these real illustrations these real illustrations of like poc love Mm -hmm. as well as these like super heroic illustrations of people of color in which we are the victors because Mm -hmm. that's not an experience that we get to have in america on a day-to-day basis so something that i've noticed in my work is that traumatized people of color really connect with superheroes and Mm -hmm. comics and, like, that type of fantasy because they so don't get to experience that. Yeah, totally, yeah. So for that reason, I think the more superheroes and the more dynamic roles uh, we see ourselves in, um, the better. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's been a good 2019 for those different things and what they bring to the culture, especially for... Black folks and Asian mm. folks and all types of people of color. Another thing about Raising Dion, it's based on a comic book by Dennis Liu, an Asian guy. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, that's cool. It's POC all the way down. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. So let's get into the bad. That might be a little <laughs> bit more interesting and take us a little bit longer. Oh, man. Um, well, let me see if there's anything good I still want to say. Okay. Uh, Is there anything good in politics that you want to say? Let me say this. This will kind of transition from the good into the bad, I think. But we're it's December. It's the end of December right now. A few weeks ago, it's actually, the day after Christmas. A few less than a week ago, Christianity Today, the editor in chief, uh, the editor in chief right. Mark Galley, wrote an editorial titled "Trump Should Be Removed from Office," and it was kind of making waves in the evangelical world, and mm-hmm. it, they, the waves got big enough that it kind of touched into 
the real world and trump responded to it in a tweet and it kind of revealed a lot of divisions yeah have you read the article i did what did you think of it i thought i haven't read it yet i mean his editorial i thought it was a good editorial okay it it was clearly speaking to conservative evangelicals okay christianity today is of course going to be conservative evangelicals yeah it tends toward conservative it's Christianity Today is a magazine founded by Billy Graham that has generally tried to highlight different issues in evangelical Christianity and has been pretty non-political. But this editorial basically was calling for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Which Um, happened last week. Yes. Basically, his argument was that Donald Trump is is damaging our witness as Christians. Mm. And if you support him, you are damaging the body of Christ. That was his argument. Really? Which was, I mean, it was... It was a pretty powerful editorial. Oh, wow. And I, so I, I, I really liked it. And I never thought I'd see Christianity Today come getting to this point. Well, did the guy get fired or something well, afterwards? Well, he was, he was going to resign or he was, his term as editor in chief was ending anyway. So He's, he was like, let's just go yeah. for it. So we talked earlier about prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. I feel like the prosperity gospel of the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, and you're saying even now, uh-huh. um, and I guess... Well, I'm saying even now because, like, Kanye Kanye is is hanging out with Joel Osteen now. Yes, that was another thing that happened in 2019. Yeah, well, let's get that. Let's get to that in a bit. But we're still (laughs) on the good stuff. But, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I feel like those things have, like, ended Christianity So for so Mm -hmm. many people our age. Like, I think it's only, like, 30% of millennials or, like, 50% of millennials identify as Christians now. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think it's because of those things, right? Yeah, like the, for sure. the the faith that we were exposed to growing up has been a terrible witness of the goodness of God. Yeah. Um. So it's nice to see Christianity Today, such a like huge magazine, mm-hmm. take a stand against that. Yeah, and I'm hoping that it's part of a trend in this last quarter of 2019. I'm also thinking about Kirk Franklin. A, couple, a few months ago, gospel superstar Kirk Franklin, who GP, are you with me? <laughs> yes, um, that one. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so Kirk Franklin on on his Instagram called out um, the Dove Awards uh, because he, during an acceptance speech for Gospel Artist of the Year, he he was talking about the murder of a Tatiana Jefferson. Mm, yeah, and we talked out. about her in earlier episodes. Yeah, we did. He called for a moment of, of prayer or a moment of silence and, and pointed out police brutality against black people. Mm-hmm. And that part of his speech got cut oh. from the broadcast. You know what? I saw little snippets of something happen at, mm-hmm. something happening at the Dove Awards. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So he went on his Instagram, told all his fans what happened and told everyone that he was boycotting the Dove Awards. Mm. Again, like Kirk Franklin. He's like the ditty of gospel. Yeah. Like he's I, one of the biggest gospel yeah, artists. Yeah, he's huge. Um, and the fact that he would take a stand like that, I think is really courageous. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm hoping that people listen to him who move in those circles, mm-hmm. just like the Christianity Today editorial. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I yeah. like the shift that Christians are taking. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last year, it seems like for so long, Christians were like, oh, let's not be political. Let's mm-hmm. like back off of this thing. This is too risky. We don't want to lose people getting political. And I think more Christians are recognizing that like politics are inseparable from our faith in a lot of different ways. Right. Yeah. Um. 
especially the way our country is, and that we're losing people by not taking a stand. Yeah. So there's been a lot of different folks that have been standing up in the last year, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and I think that probably takes us to the bad, because if there's one guy who doesn't realize <laughs> <laughs> that people are paying attention to what you're doing and what you do and what you say means stuff, it's Kanye. Kanye. <laughs> so I just have to say, uh-huh. Kanye was... Th- Kanye is the reason that I fell in love with rap music. Uh So for years, my parents did not let me listen to anything other than like pop. Yeah. But by eighth grade, I was allowed to listen to rap music and watch MTV and BET. And that was the year that College Dropout came out. Okay. And like Kanye was huge. Yeah. Jesus Walks. And my parents appreciated that. Right. But even like Through the Wire, that whole album Uh was magnificent. And like... I fell in love with rap music because of Kanye West. Yeah. So he's like such a disappointment for me. That album, I mean, Jesus has, and religion have been kind of in and out of Kanye's music since, I mean, since the beginning. Absolutely. Um, But this year he releases Jesus is King. Which I have still have not listened to one song. I could not like bring myself to listen to it. Uh, The reviews are mixed for, I think, pretty clear reasons. It's uh, the album is kind of hit and miss. What what makes the album hard for me is that I can't, I can't really tell how how he feels about God. Mm -hmm. You'd think that if he's going through this conversion experience or whatever, it feels like from what I've heard, and this is terrible. I hate having to say from what I've heard, but it seems like there's a lot of worship of Kanye and God. Uh as opposed to worship of God. I mean, I definitely think that's true. I'm also thinking about some of the cultural signifiers in the album. For instance, Closed on Sunday, Mm -hmm. which not only mentions Chick-fil-A. This is why I have not listened to this album. Okay, it's when I thought it was kind of, I thought it was a joke when the the track started. (laughs) Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A. That's how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's uh, very Kanye funny, though. Yeah, but then the 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 song is like reinforcing traditional gender roles and how about how he wants like his family to have Bible studies on mm-hmm. Sunday and it's well, like Kim Kardashian has really toned down the yeah, way she dresses, right? Yeah, since he's had his conversion, which yeah. is also really like uncomfortable and controlling. I think the the issue is that like I've always been pushing against this idea that Christianity is a moralistic religion, mm-hmm. like oh you become a Christian and all of a sudden and you start buttoning up all your shirts and, you know, you eat chicken sandwiches at Mm Chick-fil-A and have a Bible study on Sunday. And that's like, that's the religion that Kanye is converting to. Yeah. I wrote a blog post last year basically speaking to this. Who... Who's the Jesus that you know? Mm. And like, how biblical is that Jesus? Right, yeah. Or is that just based on your culture? Yeah. And something that you said a few months ago when the album came out is that you don't recognize the Jesus that Kanye is talking about. Uh-huh. And that language that you use really stuck out to me. Yeah. And like, I don't want to listen to an album about a person I feel like I know so personally uh-huh. yeah. and knows me so well, right. and I can't even recognize yeah, them. Yeah, totally. Like, can you imagine somebody writing a book about your mom, and you're uh-huh. like, who is who this? Who is this person? Yeah, yeah, that would be so weird. Yeah. I mean, I would hope that believing in Jesus makes you a more passionate person, a person who's more concerned with justice, mm-hmm. who is more loving and isn't just it's not just about like following gonna, some rules. Yeah. Also like some of the all the weird stuff he's been doing before this album came out, like wearing a maga hat. Yeah. Or saying about or talking about how slavery was a choice. It's just 
disgusting. He's just making a lot of strange choices. And I know there's like mental health stuff mixed up in there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just really disappointing. Yeah. And it's really disappointing. Kanye was a disappointment enough, especially when he made those uh, that sounds like a choice in regards to slavery Uh language. Um, And then when he, like, latched on to Christianity, it's just like, God, I I didn't think this could get any worse. (laughs) And then you threw Christianity into it. Like, you're already doing this bullshit as a black person, and that's embarrassing on the black side. Uh And now you're embarrassing (laughs) me as a Christian, (laughs) too. Damn it. You have to pull Jesus into it. (laughs) Right. Uh, Why could yeah. this? I don't know how he could make this anywhere. Yeah. So for me, that's what a lot of 2019 felt like. It felt like a lot of people disappointing me. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning of the year, uh, everybody had their faith in Robert Mueller's report. And then it comes out in February. And, and it's it was just, super like. And nothing happened. Yeah. It's just a very boring document. And that, it was super redacted, right? Well, whatever conclusions it has, the Republicans spun it into nothingness. Mm-hmm. And I think as the year progressed, you really saw more and more how willing the Republican Party is to kind of twist the truth in order to stay in power. Mm-hmm. I think at the beginning of the year, people kind of had faith that like, oh, it's not just games. Like the truth is going to go somewhere. But at the, at the end of the year... I think the truth means nothing. The truth seems to mean nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually been the really scary thing to me about Trump's presidency over uh-huh. the last what is it, three years since he was elected, is that the truth means nothing in America now. And, Mm -hmm. like, we've known that for years, especially as, like, two people of color, right? right? Like, we get that. Yeah. But it's just been, like, gross. Yeah. So, yeah, with how blatant it is possible to deny the truth. Yeah. Yeah. The gaslighting that's happening is, like, wicked. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, so on the political side, that was 2019. I think because of that, kind of my disappointment in the Mueller report. I mean, I feel like my disappointment in, in the Mueller report is kind of co- goes hand in hand with a lot of my disappointments in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like J.K. Rowling, I think a week less than a week ago, put out a essentially transphobic tweet. Um, so J.K. Rowling is pretty firmly a uh a turf now what is a turf trans exclusionary radical feminist oh okay yeah yeah so basically she comes she has essentially come out as a turf people who are really into the idea that trans women aren't actually women basically Mm -hmm. um because they weren't socialized as women growing up or just because they they think that you're like a different type of woman well, just that biological sex is so important that it's it's an essential category. And okay. there's no way to... Okay. I mean, the bottom line is that uh, people who adhere to this philosophy tend to be transphobic bigots, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. But they just kind of jazz it up with a little bit of research yeah, or something. a little bit of feminist philosophy. Okay. Um. So, you know, I feel bad for everybody who ever got, you know, a Harry Potter tattoo or whatever. <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, you know what? You shouldn't have been reading Harry Potter I guess anyways. Not. Yeah. You should have been reading I Kissed Dating Goodbye. <laughs> right. Yeah, like that wouldn't have disappointed you. <laughs> um, and similarly, like uh, over the summer, okay, so I, I do, when I said I listen to acoustic white people music, I do listen to a, a, a decent amount of country music. Um, <laughs> and I was really into Casey Musgraves' album Golden Hour. But then at the end of the summer, she goes ahead and... She won best yeah, she female... Won. Who does she beat? Beyonce? I don't 
She be Beyonce, didn't she? She did win Best Album in 2019. Cardi B is who she beat. Oh, okay. Yeah. For Best Album? Yeah. Nobody should beat Cardi B. That's the point that I'm making. <laughs> Cardi- Was that 2019? Mm-hmm. And her. There were mad black artists this year. Invasion of Privacy, Cardi B, Scorpion, Drake, her, her. Uh, I'm not going to count Post Malone, but that's rap music. Uh-huh. Dirty Computer, Janelle Monet, and the Black Panther album. And this girl, Casey Musgraves, beat oh, all of these Oh, you're right. Black okay, people. yeah. So that was in 2019. Yeah. So. Bullshit. I liked, I actually really like Golden Hour as an album. But then in, then a few months ago, she goes ahead and wears an, a Vietnamese outfit, an Aodai. But she mm-hmm. wears it without pants. It like makes it sexy and weird and like wears some weird Indian headdress thing. What? It was like really appropriative and messed up. And people were calling her out. Uh-huh. And there was enough to radio silence. And she's just continued with her career. And people are like, oh, she has such a great Christmas special. And and I, I was into this album. And then once this happened, I was like, I can't listen to this. <laughs> Like, I can't listen to this without feeling, without like thinking like, oh, this is somebody who doesn't get it. She never acknowledged She it? never apologized. Never. If she had apologized, if she was like, if she had apologized, if she had said anything, yeah. I probably would have been like, great, I can keep listening to this thing. Right. But she never said anything. So it's like, I. it was disappointing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah. So that's why I say like, I need you to be dead to stand you. <laughs> <laughs> because you'll disappoint yeah. me otherwise. Right. Um. So uh, Drake is the worst. I actually do want to acknowledge that. Oh, we want to. Okay. We can keep talking about the the 2019 celebrities. How weird is this Drake thing? It is so So weird. So creepy. And people aren't talking about it. Yeah, I know. And I have vowed to myself Uh that I will not be like people in the 90s that totally ignored Uh R. Kelly and how he interacted with Aaliyah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But Drake on multiple occasions has had these just like weird interactions with like girls as young as maybe 13 or 14 yeah yeah she, he was like texting uh millie bobby brown yes when she was like 14 or when something. she was like 14 and asking her about her dating life uh-huh. and things like that the same things uh-huh. and there's also been video clips of him like bringing a girl on stage and for whatever reason he asked this girl how old she is maybe when he looked uh-huh. at her face yeah. he could see that she was young or maybe the way she reacted to him and when he said she was sick, when she acknowledged that she was 16, he kind of like gets flustered and like has some sort of reaction to it, but still like touches her yes. and stuff uh-huh. at a concert. Yeah. It is disgusting. Yeah. And like, I'm not, I haven't been listening to his music. And that's uh-huh. so hard for me. Yeah. I've like grown, I haven't really grown up on Drake. I've grown up on Chris Brown. He's uh-huh. another one that I had to stop listening yeah. to. And that was painful. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not going to be like people in the 90s that right. just let R. Kelly slide. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So Especially with black girls, mm-hmm. right? Like, black girls are so over-sexualized and, like, treated like our bodies are just these things to be consumed or right, that yeah. our bodies are growner, for lack of a better way of saying it, mm-hmm. um, than what they actually are. And sexual assault is so dismissed in black families and the black community because mm-hmm. of those, like prejudices towards black women's bodies i'm not letting it go drake yeah so i mean that's another big feature of 2019 and our i think our whole modern age how do we deal with the legacies of people who disappoint us 
and how do we consume their art? How do we engage with their art or consume? Because I don't think it's, I don't think it's always as easy as like they're done. Like I'm just done with their music. Yeah, like I still watch the Cosby Show. Sure, it it brings back really good memories for me of watching that with my sister. Yeah, Um, I just think we can't ignore the harm that that artist has caused. Like I'm not going to listen to Chris Brown and R. Kelly anymore, especially on like title. Yeah. Where they get money for my streams. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's really strategic how you cancel celebrities, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. like acknowledge that you might have a really good memory or like. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Okay. Am I letting myself off the hook? I don't know, but this is a great topic for a future episode. Yeah. Maybe I'm actually letting myself off the hook. I mean, how do you engage with. We should. We, we'll come back to this. Yeah. But right now we're talking about 2019. But yeah. let's keep this in mind for something else we can talk about. <laughs> Andrew, that's my favorite thing about conversations with you now <laughs> since we've had this podcast. Uh-huh. When we get into something, Andrew's like, oh, we should talk about that on the podcast. Yeah, we can't talk about this now. <laughs> Let's talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So obviously a lot of other stuff happened in 2019 and we're in the middle of a lot of it right now. Um, in terms of good stuff, uh, I, I do want to acknowledge going back to the good stuff, touching upon bad stuff. Uh, the way that the climate strikes and people came together to really, and here we are at the end of the year and the president has finally been impeached, but we'll see where that goes. Uh, anything else you want to talk about in 20, regarding 2019 and our complicated feelings toward it? I'm glad it's over yeah. and I'm looking forward to the new decade. Uh-huh. Maybe Y2K will finally happen. <laughs> right. That's, that's my hot take for, <laughs> maybe, maybe for the Y2K end of the year. Will <laughs> yes. Maybe it'll actually happen Maybe it's 20 just years really later. Late. <laughs> but yeah, that's it for 2019. Yeah. We had a lot of good that we didn't mention. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of bad that we didn't mention too, like the um, the government shutdown at the mm-hmm. beginning of right, the year. Right at the beginning of the year. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've had a million mass shootings happening, and mm-hmm. nothing's really changing. And we really didn't go into the Trump Im- impeachment that just happened last week because. We don't really know where that's going to go. It probably won't go anywhere because the Senate is Republican held. I actually think the impeachment is going to hurt my feelings even more. Like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier where we see that the truth doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think the trial is going to reveal some really like outrageous things. Mm-hmm. And it's and then not going to matter. Gonna matter yeah. yeah. And I think it's really going to hurt my feelings. Right. It's just another 2019 disappointment. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I'm gearing up for it, too, because this year has taught me to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so well, let's go into, so we've talked about the good. We've talked about the bad. Let's talk about the 2020. Yeah. So I was talking to Andrew earlier about how I feel like so many people, and again, maybe I'm quick to let people off of the hook, but so many people are living really prescriptively as opposed to like relating to their friends and the world authentically. And One of my favorite scriptures, I love Paul, um, uh, the Apostle Paul in his writings in the Bible. He wrote like most of the New Testament. Um, And this thinking of living authentically into who we are, I think is described really well in 1 Corinthians um, 12, uh, verses 12 through 31. And I'm just going to read a little bit of this um, so that you guys have like a better picture of what I'm talking about. So just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. 
whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And that's just a little snippet of that part. But I really like the idea of recognizing that we are all diverse people with diverse experiences, Mm -hmm. and we all contribute to the function of the body of Christ. We just need to live authentically into that function. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping we're able to do in 2020, Mm -hmm. not live so confined to ideologies or like associations, but really live authentically into who we are and how that can, even if you're not like a Christian, I don't want to just keep saying the body of Christ, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm on TBN in 1999, but just like (laughs) as a person, whether you're contributing to your family, to like your workplace, your community organizing work, living authentically into that is what really matters i think yeah does that make sense what i'm saying yeah i totally get it i like the idea of using that as kind of a a mission statement or a way to move into the next year for the work that we're doing and 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 stuff like that and one of the reasons we have this podcast and we have these conversations is because we want to talk about things in an honest way Mm -hmm. and encourage that kind of communication Mm -hmm. uh because a lot of communication right now i think is driven by kind of fear yeah of saying the wrong thing or thinking the wrong thing um and I'm not saying there aren't problematic ways of thinking or, right. or talking, right. but I am saying that that stuff needs to be out in the air so we can work through it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so risky, right? Especially uh-huh. with white people. Right. <laughs> I know. Even as I'm saying this, I'm like, actually, keep it all to yourself, yes. please. Please don't post about it on Facebook and please don't uh-huh. comment on my Facebook about right. it. But I think when you have authentic relationships with people mm-hmm. and we know that in friendships, we know this in marriage, you're going to mess up. Yeah. It's a matter of recognizing you're messing up, right? Like not trying to live into this good, bad binary mm-hmm. because you'll keep messing up if you don't, if you don't name it. Right, yeah. And like work it out. Yeah. So I think in safe spaces where you have like real relationships with people, mm-hmm. y- you can work that out. Sure. That's the only way to grow. Right, yeah. So just being, I don't know, confined by fear, mm-hmm. there's no way to grow in the body of God that way. And and there's no way to grow as a person. Yeah. Yeah. So I am hoping that in the work that we do in this next year, you know, our our church moves in that direction. Absolutely. And we've been doing a lot of cool stuff for the last couple of years. Me and Andrew have led our team circle mobilizing because black lives matter for three years now since 2016. Yeah. Um, And we've done amazing things. We've had amazing speakers come. The Turn Up to Bailout Festival has gotten bigger and better every year. Mm -hmm. We've read some amazing books, and I'm hoping a bunch of us can go see one of the books that we read, Just Mercy, tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also starring Michael Bay Jordan. I'm just lusty on this podcast (laughs) all the time. From talking about Shang to Uh Michael B. Jordan. Uh, It's ridiculous. Um, But... But yeah, we've done a lot of amazing things. I want to, I feel like my gifting is calling things out Mm -hmm. in a loving way. Sometimes it might not feel loving, but I am trying to love people Mm -hmm. when I do it. And I want to live more into that. I think that's my contribution to the body. Mm -hmm. And I also want to lead our team in calling out the ugliness of racism, Mm -hmm. whether it shows up in our interpersonal interactions as a church or even in our city and the world and really live into 
affecting change in that way. Right, yeah. That's what I'm hoping for in 2020. Yeah, I agree. Um, so the last thing we like to do is talk about what we're into. Cool. So this week I have been very into Tiny Desk Concerts. Okay, yeah. Have you watched those? Yes. They are amazing. I yeah. fell in love with Megan the Stallion because of it. I li- I've loved T-Pain for years since I was in high school, and his Tiny Desk Concert was really good. But my favorite Tiny Desk Concert that I've listened to has been Erica Badu's. Erica Badu is just like a queen. Mm-hmm. I love her music. I love her authenticity, speaking of living authentically. And I just love her like weird sense of humor. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't watched her Tiny Desk concert, it's super funny and it's super great. And yeah, I'm into Erica. Um, So I'm into two things. Uh, First of all, all my friends are having kids. And one of the things that I love about uh, people who have kids is that all of a sudden they develop really complicated opinions about all this stuff their kid is watching and engaging in really even if it's really stupid so i mean johnny rashid for instance will sing the praises eternally of daniel tiger (laughs) (laughs) so seeing like these really smart people who used to engage with like literature and theology now engaging with daniel tiger and peppa pig (laughs) i think is is great i Um, had a peppa pig conversation with my sister and mom on Wednesday, and none of us have kids so (laughs) Uh, okay Wait, why, though? There's this episode of Peppa Pig where she can't whisper uh-huh. or she can't whistle. And she calls her friend and her and she's like, hey, can you whistle? And her friend's like, I don't think so. And then she starts whistling and uh-huh. Peppa hangs up on her immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom was talking about how that's how she wants to hang up on people sometimes. Great. <laughs> But there was a great article in the New Yorker called Paw Patrol is Contemptible Trash <laughs> by a novelist named Brian Platzer, where he basically lays out why Paw Patrol is a terrible show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he has just this really strong <laughs> attitude toward Paw Patrol. Is he serious or yeah, is he's it satire? utterly serious That's about how much he hates so Paw Patrol. funny. Yeah. So I, I got a kick out of that. And the other thing that I got a kick out of was um, Kumail Nanjiani's shirtless thirst pics that he put out on his Instagram. He's in really good shape now. I know. It's scary. Yeah. Uh, and They said he was training like six hours a day. Yeah. And that's actually, I was re- I really liked his, the caption to that where he was like, I could never have done this without a team of trainers that mm-hmm. were hired from Disney. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's not like he's trying to. Act like he just exactly into yeah he this acknowledges body. that like he, he got paid to do it he got paid to do it exactly yeah and the reaction from Asian Twitter has just been incredible <laughs> there's an Asian Twitter yeah and oh that's amazing Simu Liu who is going to play Shang Chi uh, tweeted also tweeted a shirtless picture of himself um, next to Kamal Nanjiani's picture with the caption Harold and Kumar go to Planet Fitness <laughs> which I thought was hilarious and I love that like these Asian dudes. <laughs> are just looking fit as hell uh, and putting out thirst picks. That's uh, that's what I'm into. Um, This is going to be the last episode of 2019. We'll be back at some point in January with new episodes. If there's stuff that you want to hear us talk about, let us know. Uh, Special thanks to Joe Mahoney, our technical director, and also to Luke Bartolomeo, our communications manager. Jared Selby does our theme song. And I'm going to keep on shouting out these different countries and cities until y'all email us. One of y'all email us 
so I can stop doing this and just end the episode. So in Dublin, Ireland, we see you. Um, I can't get the country for Iran, but the Muslim Republic of Iran, we have a listener from there. We have a listener in South Africa, a listener in Mountain View, California, and you listen to us a lot. So I want to email this week. Stop playing (laughs) with us. Let us know how you're working out your race and your faith in America or in your country, whatever's happening for you. Um, The issues of race are not worked out in a monolith. So let us know that you're listening. Email us at circlemobilizing at gmail.com. And with that being said, stay black, Little Mermaid. Do you ever worry that people that you talk to have listened to this podcast without telling you? I have not thought about that yet, but now I'm going to feel like I am. Yeah, especially with like how personal we get on some of these things. Sometimes I worry that like, man, what does this person know about me that I don't know that they know about me? Like that's my nightmare that somebody out there like from my office is like listening to this. Well, somebody from your office did show up to an event we had one time. Yes. Well, yeah, somebody I know through the legal community yeah Yeah. oh i thought it was somebody that you worked with directly thankfully not with somebody i work with directly i try to keep all of my spheres separate from each other (laughs) so the idea that they could like collide is terror is very scary to me (laughs) and i actually love that my Uh party on saturday was like heaven to me okay yeah because it was like all types of people Mm. from different parts of my life in one place and i was like oh yeah so i actually enjoy that that was a fun party though and people from my job do listen to this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. My my uh, vice president's administrative assistant, like, listens faithfully. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. He really likes it, though. Yeah. He's, well, a, he's a nice guy, so If you I know me it. from some other context, from a musical context or from a lawyer context, and you haven't told me that you're listening to this... Tell us. Tell me, please. Don't, Tell us don't right do now. Don't do me like that. <laughs> like, don't <laughs> don't be, do me dirty don't like be that. Don't interacting with me thinking in your head, like, I know stuff about you. <laughs> Because that's what everybody that is doing and thinking. (laughs)